With freedom comes responsibility. And in this chapter, Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, your freedom in Christ comes with a certain responsibility. And he's going to name that in just a second here. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And uh, I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, Chapter 5, let me see, we got uh, 26 verses here, beginning in verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. The argument all through this book. Don't get bogged down in legalism and do's and don'ts and rules. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. And you know, Junior, people do this today with other religious um, other religious uh, rituals that they go through, that they're depending on their infant baptism or the taking mm-hmm. of communion or getting church credit. I hear that a lot in some church circles. I got to go to church to get church credit. They, they still want to depend on these rituals rather than on Christ alone for our salvation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what he's arguing against. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ, which is he's our source of life. If you're trying to do it by the law, it can't be both law and Christ at the same time. It's one or the other. Yeah. You have fallen away from God's grace if you're doing this. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive the by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. So this is how faith shows itself, by putting other people before ourselves. Now, what Paul's about to say here in verse 7 is to the church in Galatians, but I do want us to just read this verse and just kind of wonder, is it possibly is it possible that it might be true of us? Hmm. Yeah, and it could be applied in a lot of different areas, not just in legalism, but uh, in, even in maybe living a righteous life. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? And notice he says, who, not what, yeah. who. And it's almost always when we start slipping up in our Christian lives, it's almost always you start taking a look at who you're hanging around with. It could be the person you're dating. It could be coworkers that you're paying more attention to and building a friendship with. It's almost always the people you're hanging out with. And that's why he says, who you were running so well, who has well, held you back? It's from a heartbreaking sentence to think about. You were mm-hmm. running the race so well. I wonder if that might be you. If there's time you can kind of look back in your life to be like, I was really running a lot better back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. What's the difference now? How, how do how can you get back to running that fast and that hard as you once were? And then he says the obvious. It certainly isn't God. God's not holding you back. For he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teaching. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised as some say I do. Why am I still why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. Because it's, it's at, during this time it was the Jews that were persecuting him. It was not Gentiles. It wasn't the Roman uh, emperors. This was Jewish persecution at this point. He said, "Boy, so I would nobody be offended if I was still following their rules." I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. <laughs> Boy, 
Um, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. In other words, what he's saying here is you're called to not live under the law, but that doesn't mean you can just do whatever you want. So, you know, we can we can swing the pendulum uh, from legalism to antinomianism, antinomianism, which is there's no rules at all. And yet there's still righteousness. We're still to follow Christ and be pleasing to him. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. I'll let you take over there. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. There are two forces are constantly fighting. And we, I remember talking about this last time we went yeah, through this. Yeah. There are two forces in you constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Mm-hmm. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I had before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. So what Paul's saying here is like, you need to starve that nature. Yeah. The more you feed your sinful nature and give in to sin, the more that nature grows in strength and wages war. And it's not by just stopping something. It's, it is a starvation, but it's actually a replacement. Instead, you replace it by being filled with the Holy Spirit. And now he gives what yeah. the fruit of the Holy Spirit So he is. says, here's how you replace it. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We call those the fruit of the Spirit. There is no law against these things. And you know, Junior, uh, every time I speak, and even in between, you know, the messages when we have two sermons or three sermons, I, it, it's just a policy of mine to get on my knees because I know I need it. And I recognize the sinfulness within me. And I just say, God, I empty myself of my own selfishness and all of the fruit of my flesh. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I, I specifically go through each of these evidences, these, these fruit of the Spirit. Let, let people see Jesus in me. Let they see the Holy Spirit coming out, that they would know your love, that joy that comes from you, peace and patience and gentleness and goodness. I go through and I name all of these. It's not that I'm asking God to give me goodness, but I'm asking God for the Holy Spirit to fill me, that that goodness would come out and yeah. draw people to Jesus. But, and this is what Paul is getting at. Is yes, you, and it's verse 13, he says, you've been called to live in freedom. Just don't satisfy your sinful nature. Mm-hmm. Don't feed that sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love and to produce these. Yeah. Sometimes I, I will say, though, Dad, I have a hard time praying for patience. Because I don't think God gives patience. I think he just gives opportunities to grow your patience. And I never like those opportunities. <laughs> so I, I rarely ever pray for patience. Well, I think that by praying for the Holy Spirit to fill you, that he does, that that patience is going to, you know, like, you can yeah. tell when you're not filled, Junior. Yep, that's true. <laughs> when you're getting impatient. Yep. And uh, my wife is a good one to remind me of that when I'm getting impatient with people on the road. Yeah. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit right now, honey? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Let's finish it up. He says, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let's not become conceited, provoke one another, be jealous of one another. Mm. 
That's great. All right. Well, Proverbs 30 is the corresponding proverb for today. And Dad, did you have a verse? Yeah. You know, right at the very beginning, it announces uh, Proverbs 30 is a shift in who's writing. And this is uh, Agur. And look what he says beginning in verse one. He says, I am weary, O God. I am weary and worn out, O God. You ever feel that way? Yeah. I am too ignorant to be human. And I lack common sense. Most of us won't admit it when that's the case. And he's a king. He says, I am not, I, I have not mastered human wisdom, nor do I know the Holy One. So why is he saying these things? Well, because he's acknowledging here that he so desperately needs to be filled with the fear of God to have the wisdom that it's going to take for him to be the person that God wants him to be. It really starts out with that kind of humility. God, I don't know it all. I haven't mastered anything. I am in desperate need of you. And when we get to that place, then we can open up to be filled with what God wants to give us. And this us. is often the the best way. You, you ever have those like situations that just kind of live rent-free in your head? Your, your mind just keeps on going to that conversation mm. or that situation. Yeah. And, and you just, you can't get it out of your head. So the, one of the best ways to overcome that is by praying this. You're just like, God, I don't know. I, mm. I don't know the whole situation. I don't know everything that you're doing within the situation. And I don't, there's a lot that I don't know about the situation. Yeah. And so just being able to just admit that to God and surrender that to God is often the first step to living yep, free from that is. situation. Yep. All right. Well, dad, I can't wait for the look that you're going to give me right now. Okay. <laughs> but I do think there's something to it. November 30th is National St. Andrew's Day. Okay. The Apostle St. Andrew. Um, well, he was a great guy. He was a great guy. And sometimes I do think as Protestants, I'm not pro-Catholic, <laughs> but I think sometimes as Protestants, we can have like a bad taste in our mouth when it comes to the St. Andrew and all of them. So we just mm. almost forget about it when and many of those men were like giants and really good mm. men to learn from. Uh, what I think about St. Andrew, though, he's an apostle. Mm -hmm. He's Peter's brother. Yeah. St. Andrew, or just Andrew, brought his brother Peter to Christ. Yeah. And maybe that's just something to think about today is uh, yeah, the best way to just recognize Andrew, the apostle, is to think about who who is God put into my life? Mm. Maybe it is a brother, a, a family member, a, a coworker, a friend, a neighbor who I can bring to Christ. Yeah. How can I do what Andrew did? Because what Andrew did was... Awesome. Most of us know the story of Deal Moody, and and I think you know this story. But Deal Moody, of course, Chicago area here in the in the late nineteenth century, yeah, and made such an impact not just on Chicago but around the world. He went up traveling the world, but and and hundreds of thousands of people came to Christ through his ministry. And I can't help but think about the rewards for the shoe salesman that witnessed to Deal Moody, yeah. Because of that conversation, Deal Moody gave his life to Christ yep. and then impacted so many. Yeah. You don't know. You don't no, know, know. Yeah. by being faithful. I mean, Andrew wound up bringing Peter to Christ yep. and, and became an apostle of Jesus as well. And, you know, was, yeah. <laughs> was quite a giant, spiritual giant in his own right. Right. But then look, Peter became then that foundation. Jesus, yeah. of course, the the actual rock. And he called Andrew, Peter the rock. And Andrew right now is reaping reward from, from yeah. that very act. <laughs> so and cool. so as a church, we just talked about this last weekend at the bridge. We talked about we have to have lost people on our radar mm -hmm. and we have to look for opportunities. Yeah. And I, I, you know, as I was preparing for that message, I was at the dentist and uh, my dentist was just talking. We were kind of buddies, not right. buddy, friend, friends, no, but I, we were I working at the, the same yeah. gym and yeah. about the same age. And, and so we were just talking about Thanksgiving and I was like, Hey man, you should come uh, play football you know, on Thanksgiving. Mm. 
And I thought he'd shoot me down right away. Um, and he, he really want now, unfortunately he's going out of town. He's okay. like, I would love to hang out with your church guys though. Really? And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, it'd be, be fun to like play football with you guys. I don't know. Just to, wow. just to, to hang out with you guys. I was like, and that surprised me. He's like, it shouldn't though. Yeah. People want relationships. People, yeah, he's, by the way, he's Hindu. I mean, yeah. yeah. And God is drawing people to himself. That's right. And why should we be surprised when we get to be part of that? That's what God has called us to. Yeah. And so let's let's celebrate Andrew today by by uh, recognizing those opportunities, seeing the lost around his example. Us. Yeah. Right. All right, make it a good day today. We'll see you tomorrow on Friday. Mm-hmm.